Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is June 24th, 2021. I believe this is episode 70, past the milestone, last week of episode 69. It's all downhill from here, baby. However, I'm making my best efforts to uh, to keep things sexy on the podcast. I just went out and watered the garden, and uh, it's, fu- it's fucking hot uh, out there, and has been. No reprieve, no rain in this town. Reed's been busy rollerblading. Uh, your host this week, myself, Lee, and of course, Reed, the aforementioned. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm tired. I, How do not, you beat the heat? I, like, what? You fucking go inside. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little AC, more, yeah, more or less. fucking uh, don't be outside. So, you've taken uh, rollerblading skating. as a... Uh, you, you keep saying skating, but to me, a roller skate is the 2 by 2 wheelies roller rink type skates you've got blades though they're inline skates aren't they yeah but like then i think of hockey skates so like yeah but that would be i'm not i'm assuming you're not ice skating uh on the pavement in 30 degrees no uh, like if you know roller hockey i'm using roller hockey skates i used to play roller hockey a lot back in the day and i'm getting back into it this year so is there a difference between those and inline skates though um wow yeah uh, yeah, I okay. think so. I think inline <laughs> skates are those big, dumb-looking plastic some bitches that have the big fucking dumb brakes on the back of them. Uh, sure, these the, have no brakes. Yeah, so the skates I use basically just look like you took a hockey skate and then put wheels at the bottom instead of ice, instead of a blade. Okay, custom. That's it. Yeah. I used to do a lot of rollerblading back in the day. Uh, skateboarding was never my thing, but I got fucking heavy into. Are you like a, a like you wearing the wrist guards and the no, helmet no, and no, everything? No. Like, like a, I know how to fucking like living skate. dangerously. I know how to fucking skate. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, we'll have to have a some kind of jet grind radio radio competition at some point. Uh, yeah, roller skating, fucking great. Uh, in our in our town, um, hopefully in your area, you've got some nice black top or some. Uh, sidewalks and stuff it's it gets uh potholy no and, uh, i no, i like uh i like the the hazards the it, danger it forces me to fucking <laughs> be better i don't know and if you need to stop you just run on some grass or how does, how does that oh work? no if nobody knows how to stop like that's like the biggest question everybody has for me when they see me skate is how the fuck do you stop and it's really easy you turn incredibly sharply uh, sharply almost a complete 360 degree turn sure uh, or I should say, uh, what's if you're turning just around to the other way? One eighty. That'd, that'd be a one eighty. Three sixty would in fact put you back where you yeah, started. Yeah, one eighty. Yeah. I'm thinking of like a protractor here, so I'm like one eighty doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, you just do a one eighty as hard as you can. Uh, that's like advanced stopping. But if you're just sure. doing casual bullshit, it's like the easiest thing. And that's you take one foot, you turn it sideways, and you drag it along the ground and slow yourself down. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's it. Fucking fair enough. I, yeah. So I, I also ice skate, uh, and typically the yeah that would be that would be it. you reverse your momentum, right? So you either do a one eighty, and then all you gotta do is push once in the opposite direction, and you're standing still, or literally just some kind of friction on the skates. Wait, when you're, you're on ice, about obviously. Ice skating you can, stop. I'm talking about both. I'm talking about on on ice skates. You can do the side yeah, stop, I, or like, you can bow your legs. If you're doing a one eighty yeah. to stop an ice skating, you would fucking suck at skating. Let me establish that right now. <laughs> yeah, but but on the other like on other rollerblades, when you have the big ass fucking brake, that thing is almost a death sentence oh, in of itself. Because yeah, yeah, no, I would yeah. never wear that shit. That looks like that looks like it causes way more problems than it solves. Well, thanks for tuning in to your number one source for skating. <laughs> 
<laughs> public beta podcast uh, today because we are limited on time. We might uh, forego doing Mass Effect at all. Uh, and I haven't read. really been playing Mass Effect 3, so if we finish Mass Effect 2, I'd be fucked because I'd right. have to go play Mass Effect 3, and I'm so What's burnt out. What's the rush, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. so burnt that's, out right now. Well, more or less, that's how I played Mass Effect as well. Uh, so power through, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Just consider it an extension of Mass Effect 2 and just finish the fight, as it were. Well, bang, okay. Uh We've got, got a few things, new things, uh, we've both played this week. I will start this, and then we'll do kind of like a chivalry sandwich, uh, where I'll briefly talk about The Messenger, which was a game that came out in 2018. Uh, I've had it installed on my Xbox forever because it's part of Game Pass, but I, I realized it is, it is going away. Developed by Sabotage Studio, which I believe is based in French Canada. Uh, published by Devolver Digital. This game is basically a side-scroller, action platformer, uh, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, is definitely something it's heavily uh, inspired by. Breaks the fourth wall considerably. Uh, kind of has a sense of humor about itself for a game where, like, a gate to hell opens up and a bunch of demons kill your entire clan. Uh, you're given this scroll, you gotta take it to the top of the mountain. And then there is a twist uh, in the gameplay of the game that I will not spoil here, even though this game's been out for three years. Uh, spoilers, the game becomes a 16-bit Metroidvania-style game uh, halfway through. Uh, which is kind of a cool gimmick. The other cool gimmick is when you strike an enemy or a platform, you can jump again. Uh, and then you also get an ability where you can strike and, uh, like, enemies' projectiles you can do. So the, the movement in this game is, is pretty fucking neat. And uh, it is a, a solid game. If you've got Game Pass, check it out. Otherwise, this thing's available fucking everywhere and was, was given... Handed a number of accolades in the year it came out. So chances are you've already heard of The Messenger. Reed, do you fuck with these games at all or you're just above it? I, I wouldn't say I'm above it, but I... An 8-bit side-scroller action game. Yeah, like that, I, I wouldn't say yeah. I'm above it or anything. It's just, like, I like I grew up in the era when 3D games just started, N64 and PS1, so I missed the Pixel era. I went back... You don't have play, a reverence. I went yeah. back to play the RPGs, basically, because those, like, those transcend, like, graphics, like, because they're all very similar. But I've sure. never, I no, I've never been like a fan of Metroid, Castlevania, whatever the fuck. It's just, it's not for me. It's in the same way that people have a trouble watching watching movies in black and white because it just it's like it's old. I was born in a time when things are yeah, it's, generated. It's not and... about being old. It's just I view those games as like, well, you know me. Like I like progression in games. I like seeing numbers sure. and working towards uh, working towards things. These games are very arcadey and they're and they're very singular focused on you just beat the game. You don't like you don't you don't work towards anything. You don't build up your character in any substantial way. So it's just not a game I'd be interested in. Sure, I mean that's kind of uh, generalizing. This game definitely has RPG elements. Uh, they get kicked up in the Metroidvania part where it's more of exploration, and then you you know you're learning abilities and gaining EXP and like getting new things. I like more. Uh, when it comes to these kind of games, the thing I like about it is you are building towards upgrades that make the game you're already playing easier, or you'll come at it from a different point of view, whereas newer games don't really have that. It's more about increasing what you already have uh, ver versus changing the gameplay up too much. Anyway, I, I fucking play everything that comes across the table, so uh, that's that's the, the long and short of us. Reed, you finally got into Chivalry 2. Yeah, so, well, besides Chivalry 2, I've also picked up, again, some Skyrim. Uh, I just well, that Mass just goes without saying at this point. Yeah, I was playing Mass Effect 3 for a bit, and I'm just like, dude, I'm so, like, fucking burnt out on this series right now. Uh, especially, like, I love Mass Effect, don't get me wrong, but there's just so many characters I could give less than two fucks about, especially in the third game, when they're introducing, like, whatever, what's his name, James? 
I'm like, get the fuck out of here, James. Like, I don't give a shit about you. Anyway, so <laughs> went and picked up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I went and picked up Skyrim again because Skyrim's just it's a weird fucking game. It's a weird fucking game. Uh, uh, hot take on Skyrim. Let's hear it. Yeah, no, it's not, there's no hot takes. I think I've said all I want about Skyrim on several different episodes of this podcast. Um, it's like the most like video analysis series ever. Like if you just type in Elder Scrolls video analysis, you'll have like fucking. 80 results that are all like six hours each long it's crazy um but yeah that game is fun with mods it makes you want to go play morrowind and finish that up i was always very close to the end but i could never finish it i i could always get to dagother i could always hear the the sick lines that you want to hear the fucking what a grand and intoxicating innocence and all that shit yeah uh, I'm a about, god. Yeah, yeah i'm a god and uh, i just didn't have the stuff to beat him i should go back and finish that really uh, it makes me think about Oblivion, and I'm like, man, maybe Oblivion wasn't really that fucking good outside of Dark Brotherhood. Uh, I just uh, I just started playing Oblivion. Uh, not just, but like early in the spring, it got added to Game Pass there when the Bethesda purchase happened. Yeah. Uh, so it was my first time playing Oblivion with like the frame rate unlocked, basically. Uh, that game moves a lot faster than I remember <laughs> it. And the the world building, like the being in, in Cyrodiil there and... and uh, I really like the world of Oblivion. Obviously, I've already spent a lot of time with it, but I feel the mystery is still there. Like that no, game still. I completely yeah. disagree in almost every aspect no? of what you just <laughs> okay, said there. Fair I think, especially for like if you play Morrowind extensively and you compare the world building between the two games, it's it's night and fucking day with Morrowind. Morrowind's world building is not only extensively built into the main story. But every character, every town, location, or person you talk to has just pages and pages of lore about their – about, like, agriculture, culture, uh, you know, uh, day, military, so, so. economy. Um, like, you, there's five distinct houses and different regions that all look different, and they all interact with each other between the Telvanni and House Redoran. And, you know, you know, some place will have slaves and some place will be filled with Imperial soldiers. Uh, you go to Oblivion, and there's like 20 fucking people that live in the whole province. You wouldn't know that they're the Grand Imperial Army, because you don't see no Grand Imperial Army. Uh, like, there is no lore you really learn about Cyrodiil besides the aliens, and most of that is covered in the DLC that they released specifically because people were complaining that the world building is not nearly as good as Morrowind. And I think if you look at Skyrim, even, you could be like, oh, they clearly knew that that was an issue and addressed it because Skyrim, while not as good as Morrowind, still has a lot of world building built into their quest lines, built into their world. Oblivion. The province itself in Oblivion is just like, it's a melting pot, though. Like, it's it's an amalgam of every other province around it. Like, everybody's there, and instead of getting into the lore of, of Hammerfell and all that kind of shit, but, it's just like, no, nah, everybody's kind of here, and the rumors are just... In a bubble of oblivion. When you talk to somebody in oblivion, they're telling you about something else you can go do right now in right. oblivion. But and that's yeah. that goes along with the entire course change they had with quests, because now it's about individual stories as opposed to the quest of Morrowinds that are part of a larger story. It's, it's a whole fucking process. But like, so don't go play oblivion then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, is like, and that's the weird thing is that after looking at the series, I keep coming to the realization that I think Morrowind is the exception rather than, like, 
oh, Elder Scrolls used to be good. It's like, no, I think Morrowind was just like the really great one and everything else is pretty good. It's the turning point. Yeah. Morrowind is the, the apex of here's the game we thought we were making and then the falling action of here's the game we, we where Why? we are now, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, it's, it's, and, it's... And they're far more successful for it, so who are we to fucking poo-poo yeah, their, it's, their so trajectory? So it's weird. I'm getting more appreciation for Skyrim when I'm not like being like, oh, like Elder Scrolls should be this, should be that. And I'm like, no, Elder Scrolls was kind of always like this. I'm like, you look at Daggerfall and Arena... And all they are are fetch quests and kill quests. That's all you do in Skyrim and Oblivion. Like, Marwyn's the only game that doesn't do that. Um, so, like, when you go into Skyrim with the expectations of that, it's totally fine. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that. Just kind of wanted to talk about the Elder Scrolls series, I guess. No, yeah, Oblivion is kind of, like, you play it for its for its own... Like I said, the exploration uh, is is way better than any of the the given quest lines in that in that game and stuff like that. Your own head cannon, as I think I've explained before, is really important uh, for playing Oblivion because it is kind of not that it's empty, uh, just that it's, it's meticulously it's, planned so yes. that nothing makes sense in a way that you think it should. Where if you play Skyrim Morrowind, you might come across a fort that you could actually believe a fort will be built in that place because it's a strategic location. Everything in Oblivion is so evenly spaced out to such a precise location. Because this is the first time they're doing a game like Oblivion. um, That it it feels like it constantly reminds you that you're in a video game when you're playing Oblivion. As opposed to Morrowind or Skyrim where they at least give you the illusion of immersion for a little bit. Oblivion's constantly just telling you that it's a fucking video game between the wonky AI, the horrible faces, like how ugly that fucking <laughs> game looks, uh, and like how there's only four dungeon types and they're all the same and all that shit. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I've kind of t- taken a huge shit on Oblivion today and it's not a yeah, bad game. I was going to say that the <laughs> enemy types in Oblivion are better than Skyrim. But I completely just... I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the mic and walking away. No, I... Yeah, design-wise and stuff, maybe, but, like, the system that Skyrim did with uh, uh, how they scale their enemies is way better. Lee, did you know... (laughs) This is a fucking weird tangent. Did you know in Oblivion, if you go to the Gladiator Arena, okay? So, Mm. how enemies... Which is usually the first thing I do, yeah. How enemies and armor work in Oblivion is it scales with you. As long as it's a regular enemy... Or, a, uh, no, sorry, most enemies, if not all enemies, will scale with you level to level, okay? Level to fucking Are you level. sure it's level to level, or is it like Final Fantasy VIII, where if you're level 30, they can be up to level 30, no, but that's not a guarantee they you're will. thinking of Skyrim. So what Skyrim does is, so I'll be level 1, Lee, and every enemy of the game will either be my level, or, like, level 2, level 3, level 4, or level 5. Once I hit level 5, that will go up to 10, you know what I mean? So, like, a Frost sure. Troll will always be four levels ahead of you. No matter what, essentially. Oblivion, I'm pretty sure, does does level for level matching with you and enemies. And then here's the funny part. If you're doing the Gladiator Arena, all the enemies you hit before the Grand Champion wear armor that scale with you. The Grand Champion does not. His armor is a set level. If you fight the Grand Champion late game, he will be the easiest combatant in the Gladiator Arena because his armor will be worthless and you'll one-shot him. Like uh, well, I was just gonna go on <laughs> to say that talking about difficulty in the Elder Scrolls is something we've recently talked yeah. about, 
and at the end of the day, you can just scroll the slider to right. the left. I'm just saying that, and Sky- everybody gets killed in one yeah, hit. I'm just saying that <laughs> Skyrim found the best of both worlds, whereas Morrowind did not have any scaling, from what I remember. It was just like no enemies or just a level. So if you go to the mm. wrong place, you'll get dunked on. Um, Skyrim found a nice in between point. So like when you that's just that's just in in service of you being able to go anywhere from the beginning of the yes, game. Yes, while still being able to feel like there's a challenge and you are progressing towards something. Um, right. It's not like uh, old RPGs where it's just like, well, if you venture far enough from the starting town, people are just more badass there. There's monsters in the forests that are yeah, forty levels higher guns than the are people. Just more yeah. hurdy for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're a different color and they're more ravenous. And everybody is considered to be more badass for living in that area around them because they have to. That's what they have to deal with. Yeah, but that's my um, that's my weird Skyrim tangent. But now we can talk about chivalry. Sure. So yeah, you please. you have played chivalry. I played the first game a bit. Okay. So Chivalry yeah. 2 I've downloaded recently on PC, and surprisingly, it's not a full-price game. Uh, which, uh, no, yeah, it's a budget-price game. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. It looks pretty well, good. and it can, Its competitors would either be full-price games or free games at this point, so there's no wrong answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, uh, yeah. It's, I'm surprised when I loaded into the game that there were 64-man battles, like literally 32 players against 32 players. With yeah. relatively decent graphics, given how many people are in the game, and it is a budget title, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. I What I like to call chivalry a lot is, like, uh, Rocket League. So if you played Rocket League, you'll know that it's easy to pick up, but an insanely high skill ceiling. Um, anybody can pick up Rocket League and generally do what the game wants you to do within five minutes. You know, score goals, boost, get down the fucking ramp. But if you play yeah. the game for long enough, you're going to be doing flips through the air, hitting the ball in certain ways so it yeah. bounces off corners and gets in. Chivalry. That's very apt. So, like, the original Chivalry was there was a lot more role-playing involved and people taking it a lot more seriously because of that. Because if you played the shit out of it, there's actually a, a, a skill ramp where, like, at a certain point, you, you can, like, challenge people to duels and one-on-one you, you're superior to them. You've learned the game systems more. You know how to parry them. Uh and that was kind of the really cool thing about that, that that something like Call of Duty doesn't have, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a clear dividing line because, like, someone on Call of Duty could just have a better PC and will be better than somebody on console purely because they just have better specs, they can have a better field of view, and the response time will be better. Um, chivalry is very much skill versus skill. It's very simple controls, but it's all about having proper timing and knowing your attacks. And especially strategizing, because if you're going in rushing into three guys, they're absolutely going to fucking kill you. Two guys is almost a guaranteed death against you. You have to right. ha- stick in the back, wait till your guys are fighting their guys, maybe come in at the back and hit him with a heavy attack. Uh, that also leads to the the meme ability of the game, though, because as it is, a, uh, you know, a more casual people have, have come into the game, it's also just a fun time. Oh, like, chivalry is legitimately yes, it's goofy. It's fucking hilarious. You run and run and run, and then I mapped all my buttons, so I'm just jumping in the air and fucking crouching as I'm taking out a battle axe to smooth things. I saw this guy charge at me. He went right under my side swing with the crouch, jumped up and hit me with an overhand swing in the fucking head. Achilles. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and it, yeah, I was. And then once you actually start getting good and know how to dodge properly and parry, man, you can do some really funny things. You can take off heads and throw them at your fucking enemies. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, the uh, 
I like the kind of game where you you'll come across. Does so the chivalry also have NPC characters, or is it strictly player characters? I think they I they will have NPCs if the lobby's not full. Like they'll always have okay. sixty four like uh like people fighting, and then those computer players will be taken up by uh, actual players as they get into the lobby. It's it's exciting in that you'll come across. Let's say you're ascending a, a staircase, and you'll come across somebody. And you'll, like, skill check them. You're like, oh, I, I've yeah. got this person. And you just murder the shit out of them. And then you keep ascending the stairs and someone comes at you. And you're like, okay, buddy, you're next. And then they start parrying and dodging your shit. And yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. do you stand there and fight them? <laughs> or oh, do yeah. you retreat? Or do you, yeah. Yeah, just the situations, like, the fucking eyes meeting as you come across, like, two guys. And it's you with another one of your buddies. And you're both yelling out battle cries and just being <laughs> dumbasses. It's... Yeah, it's it's a fun fun time. Definitely a game you can big just... recommend. Pardon me. Big recommend from us. Chivalry. Yeah, Check yeah. It out, definitely yeah. a game you could you know put on some fucking Lord of the Rings on the background and gotta have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> just fully immerse yourself. In yeah. Uh, so speaking of this, we're, we're uh, a theme is quickly emerging: uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Oh it's my a third God. person action role playing game published by. Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it's developed by Subsidiary Two Games, which is a, uh, I think, a branched off thing from Ubisoft that is based in French Canada. Anyways, this is the first licensed Dungeons and Dragons video game outside of Baldur's Gate, which isn't yet fully out. Baldur's Gate as we know. Three. Uh, yes. Uh, so this is a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance One and Two. Uh, this is set in Icewind... Okay, so I don't know shit about Dungeons & Dragons other than knowing a lot of these characters and words just in passing. Yeah, me too. Uh, so and I've played Dungeons & Dragons and I still don't fucking know half this shit. <laughs> yeah, my, my, like my wife has played more actual tabletop D&D than I ever have, uh, but I, I have a reverence for it like like anyone... Like any nerd does at this point. Yeah. Uh, so when I hear that Wizards of the Coast is now allowing people to license Dungeons and Dragons and haven't for so long, like since the, the fucking 8-bit era when they were doing games on NES and stuff like that, you take notice. You're like, oh shit, like they, they're they they're licensing it. They're the guys. They're like a lot of Dungeons and Dragons lore has been, even by these games, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, and Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance 2 and stuff like that have been bastardized and changed slightly and basically are Dungeons and Dragons, but not in name. So when you figure they're going to release something and not only call it Dungeons and Dragons, but also call it Dark Alliance... There's a legacy uh, there. And I'll tell you right out the gate, I'm going to have a lot of things to say about this game here, <laughs> but right out the gate, it's sloppy. Uh, the game is is shoddily put together. There's a lot of screen tearing. Now, uh, uh, your char- characters and enemies disappear. Now, what? Ki- um, what first of all, what kind of game is this, Lee? Is this like Left Third person dead? action. So it's, it's like over the shoulder. Uh, there are four characters to choose between. Uh, you get Drizzt. Uh, De Orden. Right, but uh, is it like are you going through it like Left for Dead? Is it more like uh, like a four player just action beat 'em up? Sure. So it's uh, four player action beat 'em up is probably closest. However, there's a little bit more traversal and like platforming involved. You basically have your hub world. Uh, you choose a location on the map. You load into that location and you do the you do the run. Oh, you do the objectives. There's optional Lord of the objectives. Rings, Lord of the North. Uh, sure, if that's what... I mean, <laughs> Destiny. The, this is every game. Uh, oh, okay. Except there isn't a... It's it's mission-based, so you're loading into a map to complete Avengers it. Avengers PS4. 
Uh, yeah, well, yes, exactly. Uh, so those would be the most apt comparisons. Uh, like I said, the game is straight out of the bat. I'll tell you right now, it's, it's buggy, it's sloppy, it is not a full price game, it is budget priced, or if you have Game Pass, it costs you fucking nothing. Now, what's good about this game? It looks okay uh, for a, for a, a kind of shoddily put together thing. Uh, it, it, a lot of the characters look cool, a lot of the character models look cool, the environments look like at least some thought was put into them. I will give it credit there, where it's, it's not just a narrow corridor connecting big giant rooms where you get into fights. There's actually some verticality and some actual level design to these levels. So, thumbs up there. Only the four players to choose, uh, characters to choose between, like I said. Uh, Drizzt, who's your, your rogue. Uh, Caddy Bree, who I believe is your ranger. Uh, Br Brono, I'm just, I'm just, hammer, like, Bronor Battlehammer and Wolfgar. Uh, I believe Bronor Battlehammer is the dwarf whom I chose to play as because obviously that's where you're going to go. Uh, but basically, you have rogue, barbarian, uh, ranger, and uh, your 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 sword and board or axe and board in this case with the the uh, dwarf. Your attacks are on. Uh, you have regular and fierce attacks. They are on your uh, triggers because let's all just keep copying uh, Dark Souls. And then uh, you have a block, you have a parry. The parry is very lenient, so lean into that parry. Uh, you have a ranged attack. You have uh, character abilities that you can equip that actually look kind of cool. Uh, they're, of course, based in D&D in &D lore and stuff like that. Buffs, debuffs. Uh, now, there's loot, but you don't get loot in the traditional sense where... I pick up an axe and I can immediately equip and use it. I have to beat the level to have access to my loot and the things I've gathered. And that includes uh, gold, currency, gems, anything. Now, here's the problem with this game is if you're playing it alone uh, and you die, you go back to your checkpoint. If you're playing it with other players and you die, there's a revive uh, thing. And the game, in terms of balance, is shit. If you're playing by yourself like I was yesterday, the game is exponentially more difficult because of this. Also, there is a camping system, a rest system like Dungeons & Dragons has, uh, where you get to either choose to replenish all your, your heals and your abilities and rest, or uh, you can increase the difficulty of the level and therefore the loot and continue on. When you uh, get checkpointed, though, if you die, you get all that stuff back anyways and the difficulty stays where it is. Uh, and once you've selected to increase that difficulty, as far as I could see, there is no way to stop that. So when I started playing the game and I played the tutorial, I'm, of course, just melting every uh, every monster. I'm like, this is, this, I, I've got the controls down. It seems like uh, it's pretty easy. So when I load into the first game and it's like, okay, here's your different difficulty levels. Uh, you have 1,230 battle power. So we want to load you into the 1,000 battle power world. I'm like, no, 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 give me the 1,250. And when I got to the camp and I decided to kick it up another notch, now, effectively, the game became too difficult for me to play. Um, and when I say too difficult for me to play, I mean play and have fun at the same time. Because obviously, because this game is so buggy, I quickly found I'm, I'm just finding ways to exploit it. So finding ways that I can stand just outside the mouth of a room and all the enemies, like, basically de-aggro me and go back to the center... So I could just, like, fucking dive backwards, they all lose interest in me, then stab them in the back and just dive backwards again. So it became a lot of that, it became a lot of games of inches, just to complete the level, and that sucks. Because obviously if I could have access to my loot and equip it on the spot, uh, that would give me the advantage I need to push forward, but the game's not about that. Uh, the, that being said, though, Reed, the loot does appear on your character. Oh my god, it's already better than Avengers. Uh which is which is right up score one over Avengers. Avengers has maybe a more 
fluid battle system. This game definitely has a bit of, I push the, I can't reliably believe that I will push the button and the thing I want to happen will happen, which is a disconnect between gameplay and player that is kind of grading over time. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I go to tap the potion button, nothing happens, so I tap it again, and now suddenly my character drinks two potions, and now I'm fucked. Uh, that happens a ton. A lot of unreliability there, and that just kind of happens with the sloppiness of the game in general. That being said, uh, the the enemy varieties, the amount of moves and different things you can do is varied enough. Uh, the question was, is this a better game than Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers? And based on what I've seen of it so far, I'm more interested in playing more of this than I ever was of Avengers. I don't know how the co-op works out. I don't know if all four players can be the same character or if it's... No, we've already got a Drizzt. Someone else has to has to play as, as somebody else or what happens there. The idea with the loot, though, where you have to beat the level, and if you can't beat the level, you can quit out, but you lose all your loot. You don't take anything back with you. Uh, so you could be banging your head against a wall like I was for an hour yesterday, um... And being like, well, I, I don't want to play this anymore, and I can't proceed. I've cranked the difficulty up so high, and I'm playing by myself, that I have really no chance of doing this other than taking 45 minutes to cheese a boss with a ranged attack. Uh, so I guess I just lose all my progress then. Well, you know And what? that's a bummer. You paid, no- that? you paid nothing for it through your fancy-dancy game pass, so you shouldn't even oh, be so it's not about... It's not about paying nothing for it. It's uh, it's it's just about like time time in something out. It's not like it's okay. You can return to camp, but you're only going to take thirty percent of your gold back or something like that. It's like no, it's it's a game design thing where it's just like no, if you don't complete the level, you don't get to touch any of the loot you've collected. Uh, it, so there's no penalty to dying and checkpointing and restarting, other than all the enemies respawn. If that sounds familiar, um, but at a certain point playing this, I'm like I have no benefit of fighting enemies. I'm just going to sprint past everyone to the boss, and if I can't beat the boss... I mean, it's Dark Souls at that point, except this is poorly game-designed, <laughs> whereas Dark Souls is more of a risk-reward thing, right? It's just like you only have so many swigs of the Estus Flask, uh, so if you're trying to fight a boss, it behooves you not to fuck around with all the enemies and learn their right, enemy placements. Right, but you'll never be able to level up if you don't hit the enemies before the boss in Dark Souls and, you know, get actual right. health bar. <laughs> only this game is, like, at a certain point... You just need to complete the level to get the loot that's already owed to you. I can keep fighting these these peon enemies and get more loot, but if I can't beat this level, it doesn't mean anything. I can't get that loot. I need that loot to be stronger to come back here and do it again and fight all these enemies again. Uh, so there seems to be a, a fundamental disconnect there. Obviously, if you're playing in co-op, it's that's going to kind of eliminate some of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because you get those. I, I thought the game would, like, load you in with an NPC or something. I thought they would give you a computer-controlled... The idea of it being Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance, right. yeah. but it's, like, it's like not it, a Dark like Alliance unless you have friends. In my head, you're playing with three NPCs, to, like, as a no, team. No, you're alone. <laughs> so that's fu- there's that's, no one there to revive yeah, you. Yeah, because when I, when I was seeing advertisements for this game and everything, the only thing that popped in my head was uh, Warhammer, for, Warhammer Vermintide. I'm like, this has got to no, be... Yeah, no, it's like, not. And that's that's what the game should have been, honestly. Those games are starting to make a comeback with the Left 4 Dead formula. Vermintide itself is an incredibly fun game. I've played it with people um, at work before, and it's, mm-hmm. like, as far as just... If you just want to, you know, shoot out some magic, throw some fucking swords, and fight a boss at the end with some friends, uh, absolutely, that's the kind of game to go for. I think they're trying to go for more of an RPG approach by the sound of what you said. Um, But co-op games are about dropping in and out. And I don't know. I don't think that this game is going to be easy to drop in and out from. 
it, not so much. Not the way it's structured. And the thing is, like, with in this game, in Baldur's Gate, you make your own character. Yeah. Right? But in this game, you're playing established D&D characters. So you're right in that it should almost be a power fantasy. And I guess if I, I just scale the difficulty down, obviously I have a complaint that not everybody's going to come across. But uh, I feel like that should be it. I should be laying waste to goblins. Yeah. I should be... It sounds like they're trying to do <laughs> Borderlands, but Dungeons and Dragons. Um... That's more apt, yes. But the only thing is, is in Borderlands, if I'm getting my ass kicked, I can access all my loot and change things up. Right. This is, you're locked in. Yeah, you can. Uh, that's you can, a problem. Yeah, you can yeah. access loot. You can go grind out levels. You can change your build completely. Uh, I should say they're going for the structure of Borderlands, but the whole yes. the the point of Borderlands is that you have all the areas before you to go level up in. The point of Borderlands is that if one gun isn't working, go out and get one of the two other billion guns to make it work. Uh, so that's weird. Yeah. That's that's fucking strange. It's uh like I said the, the the controls the combat's a bit unreliable when you're doing well it feels fun uh if you were if you were playing with other players I'm assuming my my experience would increase multiple times fold uh but alas here I am I don't know if it's crossplay either uh there's a quick match kind of thing it doesn't seem like there's any matchmaking in the game itself uh which is uh, w- what other game was like that shit Anthem? No. There was some other game that was like a looter that was just like, no, there's no matchmaking in the game. Or was that Destiny I'm thinking of for the longest um, time? There's no matchmaking. Something. You know, I th- maybe you're thinking of like Godfall. <laughs> I, well, I've never played Godfall. No, Godfall so did God not have matchmaking. It was like you need friends to play with. Like you have to Okay, go that, that might have been it then. Yeah, you like, have to If go you don't to... have someone on your friends list that you can invite, there's no way to play with people yes, you know unless yeah, it's strangers. That's Godfall. Yeah. That's Godfall. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of bad. Like I said, it's it's a shoddily put together product. It seems it seems rushed, or it just seems like the polish uh, isn't there. It's priced appropriately, and if you love D and D and you've got some friends to play with, I'm gonna give this thing a soft recommend because uh, I'm just assuming some patches are coming down the line that's just gonna kind of tighten up a lot of the problems I'm having with it. But as a solo player, uh, rough. Uh, keep keep the difficulty low. See if you can have some fun with it. That's my like. I'm going to go back and play this game. So I guess if that's if that's a recommendation then so be it. Um but yeah, if you're if you're looking for the the deep RPG uh wait for that Baldur's Gate 3, I would say that all rhymed. Uh, I would say that's your your best bet. But if you have Game Pass, fuck, hey, here it is, man. Um who knows how long Baldur's quickly... Gate 3 is going to fucking be though. It's been early right. access. Well, you played the you played the preview at least, right? What? You played the preview at least, right? Yeah, like I I haven't finished um I haven't finished the early access, so the early access of Baldur's Gate 3 is just Act 1, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. Not all of the classes and not all of the characters are unlocked. Um, I haven't finished it. It's a lot different than Divinity Original Sin 2 in a lot of respects. It's a lot... Uh, all the decisions you get in Baldur's Gate 3 as opposed to Divinity, I would say, are a lot more fun because there are like, a lot more stakes involved. However, sure. a lot of the decisions are, like, if you even slightly answer incorrectly, like, you'll get, like, children murdered and stuff. And it gets, <laughs> it gets like, you can't do too many of those within a short period of time. Otherwise, it just feels like this world is, like, totally unrealistic because every two seconds you're, you have people's hands in your fucking lives. <laughs> every couple, couple minutes a random passerby is given agency over what happens to a bunch of children. Yeah, so, like, I went to this, <laughs> like, I went to this one fight, right? And there's the fucking mind flare, and he's controlling these three peasants. 
Um, I didn't know the mind flare was alive, so I kill two of the peasants, and then I see you can target the mind flare. So I'm like, oh fuck. I go and kill the mind flare, then the one peasant that's remaining, it comes to out of the mind control, and he's like, where are my friends? I'm like, sorry, You're bro. Like, Whoops. I fucking yeah. murdered them because I didn't know I could kill the mind flare. And this dude just runs off. I'm like, god damn. Then no less than five minutes later, I get a kid, a fucking kid eaten by a bunch of druids or some shit. Um, yeah. I'm just like, jeez, man, this is really heavy stuff for like the first hour of this game. <laughs> um, dense. Every frame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, every frame. It's so dense. It packs so much in. Uh, and then like the Vinny Original Sin 2 is made around the idea that you can build a very ultra-specific character because you can mix and max skills. Uh, things interact with each other naturally. You can even literally combine skills to make completely new ones. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is based off the D&D 5e system, so there's not even any multi-classing unlocked yet. So you are picking one class and you are sticking with it, and uh, there's not a lot of variety in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's – because that's such a strong point for Divinity, and that's what always made me come back was that I could constantly – build my characters in different way i can use their abilities in very unique uh different ways Baldur's gate 3 is a lot more linear in that regard and i think that pulls away from it um still a fantastic game but i think it's been an early accent since october 2019 definitely worthy of the wizards of the coast license definitely should have been the game to come up before uh dark alliance like you were saying it would have mm-hmm. really Set the tone. Yeah, set the. T- <laughs> it would have set the tone. It would have made people being like, "Oh yeah, Dungeons and Dragons game. Fuck yeah!" Uh, I think Dark Alliance is going to make a lot of people go like, ah, "Fucking Dungeons and Dragons." Um, unfortunately, the fact of the matter is, like, dark. This Dark Alliance game wouldn't exist without that IP being offered to that video game developer. Whereas I feel Baldur's Gate Three can exist sans the D and D license oh, and still do the the dice stuff, right? Like, yeah, but you I guess you couldn't put in literal Baldur's Gate. That's a D and D property. So you couldn't call it Baldur's Gate. You would have to call it like like Bald Gate. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Burger King. Uh, so we're we're out of time. Uh, I had some news here, Reed. Uh, if you have to duck out, I understand. I'll take it from here. Well, but... I mean, I'm kind of at work, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not kind of at work. You are. Yeah. Uh, so, Reed, we will bid you adieu. I hope you have a, a good weekend here. we got a long weekend coming up next week and lots of video games to be had. Uh, so enjoy Chivalry 2, and thanks, as always, for joining us on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, Jesus! I'll hear by my lonesome now. Uh, let's talk about Avengers... Again, Marvel's Avengers had a bug that revealed personal information on the uh, PlayStation 5. An update was pushed, and suddenly IP addresses were uh, visible on the playing screen. That's bad. Uh, It's not something you can really shit on Avengers for. It's just another... Another thing to heap on the pile of uh, of people dunking on this game. So, that sucks. Uh, People getting doxxed by the video game they're trying to support. If you're playing Avengers in June of 2021, fuck... Square Enix, send those people fruit baskets. Don't fucking dox them while they stream your game. Tekken producer confirms the death of Tekken X Street Fighter. Or does he? Uh, More than a decade later, uh, Katsuhiro Harada says the project died in development. If you aren't already following Harada-san on Twitter, make sure you are. It's uh, it's always very spicy. Basically, uh, did did an interview in Japanese and said, Hey, the thing is not actively being worked on. It's shelved. It's not that it's... He didn't mean to say that it was dead, dead, like the project will never come to be, but he is saying it is not a priority now. Uh, People were really interested in this actually maybe resurfacing after they put Akuma into Tekken 7, and it was like, hey, wait, hold on a second, this is awesome. Um, 
So we'll see what happens. That Street Fighter Cross Tekken game was not very good. Uh, it was in the shadow of Street Fighter 4. Uh, the gem system people weren't crazy about. Uh, it was fun in a party setting, have some people over to have the, those two uh, characters. And of course, having the Tekken characters rendered in that style was, was really neat. But beyond that, uh, it wasn't anything that was taken Super seriously, Kazuya uh, Mishima from uh, will be in uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers, which quickly is becoming the just every fighting game will have a representative there. So holding out for Sub Zero, obviously, or something from Killer Instinct, or come on, let's let's make it happen here. All right, uh, Xbox Design Lab is back. You can uh, design now Xbox Series X controllers, customize the colors. I have one of these from back when they did it on the Xbox One, and I love it to death. Uh, these are really cool. They are worth the extra money for, for that customization, in my opinion. And one of the, It's one of the cooler things uh, that Microsoft offers that Sony just doesn't. So check it out. Uh, so, uh, the fucking Pokemon company settles the Pokemon Sword and Shield leak lawsuit. Uh, this is This is awful. But it's, it's how it goes. Uh, the Pokemon Company has settled its November 2019 lawsuit against two Pokemon Sword and Shield leakers, according to court documents filed Tuesday. The company filed the lawsuit in 2019 after photos of an unreleased Pokemon Sword and Shield strategy guide were published online before the game's release date. The defendants are required to pay the Pokemon Company $150,000 each in damages and attorney's fees. When the Pokemon Company first... That's probably mostly attorney's fees. Uh, when the Pokemon Company first filed the lawsuit, it only had screenshots of the guides posted into a Discord chat. Throughout the lawsuit, the Pokemon Company discovered that one of the two defendants took the photos while employed by the company that was hired to print the strategy guide. The second defendant then shared those photos on Discord, from which they spread to a worldwide audience. Yeah. Uh, the Pokemon Company said the original complaint, the photos revealed features that weren't seen before, like the Gigantamax forms of certain Pokemon. Uh, basically, spoilers. Uh, posted a bunch of spoilers. Now, keeping keeping in mind that what is being alleged here, that less people bought the game because of these spoilers, or that it... it well, obviously, if you sign a contract to work for a company like this, I don't know if they were freelancers or, or what happened again, but... Yeah. Uh, there's a bit more to it than that, but sucks for those guys. Don't uh, don't publish things that don't belong to you. Nintendo is very litigious. Happy birthday to both the Nintendo 64, which turned 25 yesterday on June 23rd. First released in Japan, June 23rd, 1996. And of course, happy birthday to the blue blur Sonic the Hedgehog, who made his debut on the Mega Drive Genesis back in 1991. June 23rd as well, I believe it was. So he is now VTubing. As part of his birthday, you can go watch a Sonic VTuber. Sh sure, sure, sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, Final Fantasy IX is being adapted into a kids' animated series, allegedly. Uh, very colorful Final Fantasy uh, to do it. Love Final Fantasy IX to death. And if they are just conveying the story of Final Fantasy IX uh, to, ch to children in, the, in that same style, or in a, a style reminiscent of the... Um, the CGI cutscenes in that game, I think that sounds fucking cool. Although, allegedly, it will be more of a an anime style. So, we'll see. Shows like... Blah, blah, blah. The company's animated series includes CGI shows like Gigantosaurus, Droners, My Goldfish is Evil, uh, etc. Alright. We'll wait and see. Space Jam. I'm gonna dunk on Space Jam, a pun intended. 
Uh, Space Jam is, is an overrated part of nostalgia that we all have fond memories of because of its massive advertising and hype campaign back in the day. Uh, but that movie is, is trash. It is getting a sequel. Uh, and it's also getting a video game that I think is based on suggestions, kind of like a Game Jam thing. Uh, it's getting some official legacy Xbox controllers. It's, they're giving some stuff away. So basically what I'm trying to say is that this new Space Jam is basically looking at the success of the old Space Jam. They're like, how did we sell this piece of shit? And it's like, uh, co-branding. Uh, get it in front of as many people as possible. Get, put a, Make a video game, blah, blah, blah. This could all be great, as far as we know. Space Jam 2 could be uh, fantastic. I will, uh, I will withhold my judgment, I guess, in that case. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show this week. I lied about getting a new Tits the Iceberg out. Uh, working on some things behind the scenes here, and hopefully we'll have that show back on the air very shortly. For myself, Lee, for Reed, thank you as always for signing up. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com is my email address. Send questions, topics there. We're going to get down to some video games this weekend. I have a whole bunch of new stuff to talk about next week. Thank you as always. Stay safe and enjoy the summer weather.